This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. How's everyone doing this morning? Show of hands, who still does not have power? Okay, there's a few of you. I live on the other side of the river in Cunningham, and we just got, some of us just got power back last night. So uh, real quick before we get started, I want to pray over the individuals, uh, CDE, CEMC, the contractors that are out there clearing lines, dealing with high-voltage power lines. Let's lift them up in prayer and, and pray protection over them. Let them know that they are loved, they are cared for, and they are appreciated. Real quick, let's just bow our heads. Father God, thank you so much for these men and women who... Uh, while we rest, while we sleep, they're out there cutting up trees, dealing with power lines, doing things that are not the safest thing in the world. People die from this stuff, Lord, and we just pray your hand of protection over them while they're working so that we can worship you, Lord, and that when they are done laboring, that they would be invited into this place, into this house of worship, that they may worship with us. Uh, Lord, we appreciate the work that they're doing, and we pray your hand of protection over them. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we're going to be working in Genesis chapter 22 today. Uh, Freddie reached out to me yesterday about this time and I wanted to know if there's anyone that could preach. And I was in my front or in my dad's front yard cutting up trees and I got the text and I thought, yeah, I could probably put something together. Uh, Not really fully thinking through the fact that I had no electricity, so I couldn't pull up my computer to see my notes or anything I had saved. So I had to go to the hard copy stuff and... uh, I was praying, you know, what, what uh, should I speak on? What should we talk about? And I got this really, really strong feeling that uh, we as a church and we as individuals are about to enter into a, a season of being tested. Uh, and what I mean by that is we're going to be, we're going to be called to something. We're going to be challenged by something that God is going to do uh, in us and through us. And it's really important that we, we know how to respond to that. How do we take a test? Uh, Real briefly, I want you to think, what is the hardest test you ever had to take? Take some time and think about that. For me, it was the fundamentals of engineering exam. That is an eight-hour exam with 400 questions, and you, you get one shot at it uh, for every six months or so. And if you don't pass it, then you got to wait, and that delays your time in getting licensed as an engineer. And uh, I took this at the end of my elaborate eight-year college career. And uh, I was stressing over this test so much, I would grind my teeth at night to the point where I developed what's called TMJ. My, my jaw would swell, my teeth wouldn't line up, and it, and it was just painful. And I remember taking the test, and then I got in the car praying I could find my house. And my professor called, and he said, hey, how'd you do? And I said, I don't care. I don't care anymore. I just want to go home. I am done. And I was just so tired. Uh, but I passed. So eight years are not for nothing, Dad. But, <laughs> but that was a pretty, pretty difficult test. And scholastically, you know, the teachers kind of prepare you for what's going to be on the test. They, they give you the material to help you study it. But we as Christians, we often squander that time. We often take uh, for granted the time that we have to prepare for the test that God has for us. And so today I want us to remember, A, that we're going to be tested. That's, it's not an if, it's a when. 
B, if you're not in a test already, prepare. Prepare your heart, prepare your mind for the test that is coming. So we're going to look at an example of how to take a test today. Genesis 22, we're just going to work through the story of Abraham as he is called by God to sacrifice his, his only son. Okay? So we're going to start in, in verse 1. It said, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your own son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So some important things to understand, at this point in time, the, the sacrificial system set up in the time of Moses with the Levites had not been established. So God is calling Abraham to provide a burnt offering. So this means Abraham and God have this intimate relationship where Abraham knew what that meant. We, you can read in the scriptures prior to this story where Abraham had offered several things to God because he acknowledged God for who God is. And so Abraham was no stranger to this understanding of what offering something to God means. And it's important to understand that when we offer something to God, it means it's, it's freely given. It's not something God has taken from us. It's something that we give to God freely. We choose to do so. It's also, it's something of value, something very, very precious. We don't give God our, our last place or a mediocre. We give him our best. We're supposed to, we're called to. That's what a, a proper offering would be. And so here we have Abraham and he's doing what Abraham does and God calls out to him. And the first response or the first step in taking the test is we reply to God. We say, here I am. Now, many of us as Christians, we'd like to hang back and wait for the details before we speak up. Kind of like if any of y'all ever work at a place and you know when the boss says, hey, I need a volunteer, you do not raise your hand. You do not, you sink down in your chair, you try to blend in. Because you know what you're about to volunteer for is not going to be fun. But God doesn't call on the group of people and says, I need a volunteer. He calls on you. He says, hey, I'm talking to you. The first step we do is we reply. We say, here I am. Regardless of what's coming next, regardless of the task, we reply. Okay? And the reason, the reason we're doing all this, remember, Abraham's being tested. God has something in store for Abraham that was for Abraham. So Abraham's response here is a willingness to do whatever that is, to be prepared for whatever that is, for God's calling on his life. When God calls on you to test you, it's because he has something very particular for your life, something individual, something, something specific to you that not anyone else can do. It's important we understand this, that as a body, we all work towards the common goal of, of growing the kingdom and honoring our God, but we as individuals have individual tasks that we accomplish throughout this time that only we have been called to do, okay? So first thing we do in taking the test, we reply, here I am. And then we see in uh, verse two, God says, now take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham is now presented with the task to take his only son, and offer him up as an offering, a burnt offering. And this is, a, this is something that we, we don't really take the time to understand, but uh, Isaac was a promise that God made to Abraham. I would, I would honor you with the son, and through him you will have a lineage, and they will outnumber the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. And so now God is telling Abraham, take that promise that I gave you, 
and give it back. Take what I've promised you, will you give it back to me? And so we see in verse 3, Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. We don't see anywhere in Scripture the emotional turmoil that Abraham is encountering in this time. But we're all human. So we can all imagine what it would be like if God said, I want, to take, I want you to take your child and offer him up to me. And I want you to picture about what's going to go on in your head. What are, you going to, what are the thoughts, what are the emotions that you're going to do? We don't see any instance of Abraham questioning God. We don't see any instance of Abraham arguing with God. We don't see any occasion of Abraham dragging his feet or delaying. As a matter of fact, the next step in taking the test is to respond to God. He replied to God saying, here I am. God gives him the task and immediately... Abraham responds. It says the next morning he woke up. He rose early, saddled the donkey, right? He split wood for the offering, and he brought Isaac, and he brought two young men. So at this point in time, Isaac's a, a teenager, very early teens, and Abraham is an old man. He was an old man when he had Isaac. So Abraham knows that I'm going to need wood for the burnt offering, I'm going to need Isaac, and I'm going to need a little help. So he, he immediately puts his hand to work, gets the things ready that he needs in response to God in action. This is where it becomes difficult for us as Christians. A lot of times we receive whatever task God has given us and we, and we don't like it. We don't like it, we don't want it, and we want God to change it. But God's not going to change it. Because <laughs> this test, this task is not for our comfort. It's not for our, uh, well, it's not for us to just... Uh, easy going. It's, it's to challenge us. It's to stretch us. It's to cause us to grow. Uh, James helps us understand what testing is for. James 1, 2 through 4 says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let that endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the whole point of God testing us is so that we can grow, we can develop endurance in our faith. And so Abraham's been called to this test, and we see him reacting, but we're going to read it here. It's, it's several days' journey from where they're at to where they're going. He has to think about this task for days on end, knowing what he's got to do, and every step closer to that mountain, you know his heart had to get heavier and heavier with what he's called to do and this dilemma that he is dealing with. On the one hand, he knows that Isaac was a promise that God made to him. And on the other hand, he knows that offering Isaac up as a burnt offering was a command that God gave to him. And so he's wrestling with this, this understanding of how can God's promise remain true and I, and I obey God in what I have to do? How can those two things still exist? And so he doesn't have the answer to these things, but he responds in obedience anyway. And this is where we as Christians, this is this time of preparing. We have to have this understanding, this mindset that regardless of what God is calling us to do, the calling will remain. We can't change it. We must respond in it. Okay? So Abraham responds in verse 4. It says, On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place 
from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go up over there and we will worship and return to you. So they arrive at at the place and Abraham tells the two young men helping him, he says, stay here. Me and Isaac, we're going to go up the mountain. We're going to worship God and we're going to come back down from the mountain. Now this is wisdom from Abraham and understanding who God is. Because Abraham, while he didn't know how it was going to happen, he knew for God's promise to remain true, Isaac had to come down from the mountain. Isaac had to come back. But he wasn't quite sure how it would happen. So in Hebrews, we get, we get, we get kind of a preview into, into Abraham's mind of what was going on. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was, he, it was he to whom it was said, and Isaac, your descendants, shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people, even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. At this point in scripture, we have no record of God raising anyone from the dead. But Abraham still had faith that God could do it. And so that's what he's hanging his hat on is faith in God, that God will show up some way, somehow, and Isaac will come down this mountain. But look at what he does. He tells these two young men, he said, you stay here. Me and Isaac are going up. If he'd have brought those two young men with him, odds are pretty good that they might have tried to get in the way. They might have tried to influence him or persuade him to not do what he's about to do because they didn't understand. So he had to remove these distractions. He had to remove these obstacles that might impede him from being obedient to God. And that's easier said than done a lot of times. So we reply to God, we respond to God, and then we remain faithful to God. Abraham believed God's promise about Isaac, and then he believed God called him to that task. So he knew he had to be obedient to that task. And so we finally reach the point where him and Isaac are alone now. And we see them have this, this interaction, this conversation. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So Abraham has established that him and Isaac are going to go worship God. This is going to take place. And Isaac knows that his father and God are close. He knows that Abraham is, is a, a, a man of God, a man of faith. And so they're walking up this mountain and, and, and Isaac's starting to put these pieces together. So we got the wood for the offering, we got the fire, and there's the knife. We got something missing here. Something's missing. And so Isaac asks Abraham, he said, hey, where's, the, where's that missing piece to all this? What's going on here? And we see Abraham respond in verse 8. He says, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. We, we don't see Isaac questioning Abraham about this. We don't see him arguing with Abraham about this. What we see is Isaac submitting to Abraham the same way that Abraham has submitted to God. And what we need to understand about this is mothers and fathers 
how you submit to God is seen and it makes a difference on your children and how they're going to submit to God. We've got to do more than just talk about being a disciple of Christ. We have to show them what it means to be a disciple of Christ. We have to show them how to take the test so that when they encounter one, that they will know what to mimic, what to, what to do, okay? So they're going to ask you questions, and you must answer them, but you can only answer them to the understanding that you have of God. So that's where it's very important. These tests cause us to, to grow in our understanding of who God is. The width and the depth and understanding of God as our Father, our, our provider, our protector, comes from us being tested. And so the, the closer you are to God, the better you understand who God is, the better you can explain to your children what's going on in their life. So that's where they're at. They're ascending this mountain. Isaac asks, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham, again, wisely tells him that God will provide for himself the lamb. Now, this is obviously foreshadowing of what's coming. And Abraham is wise enough to understand, I don't know what's going to take place at the top of this mountain, but God is going to be in control of it. God's going to handle his part because I am powerless at this point. If it's Isaac being sacrificed, then God provided Isaac to Abraham and to Sarah. If it's something else other than Isaac, God's going to have to provide that too because we didn't bring that. But either way, God's going to have to provide it. And the offering is going to be for God. It's not for us. So this is for himself. And this is exactly what God was telling Abraham, what he was going to do for all of us. I'm going to take my son and I'm going to offer him up as a sacrifice to myself so that his blood can cover your sins, would you do the same thing for me? Are you willing to do the same thing for me that I am going to do for you? That's the question here. Are we prepared to love God the same way that he has loved us? Because God gave us everything. He gave us his best. He gave us his all. He spared nothing for us because he loves us enough he wants a relationship with us. When he tests us, this means he hasn't given up on us. And if he hasn't given up on us, this means he still loves us. And if he still loves us, he still has a purpose for us. He still has a calling for us. And all he's wanting to know in return is, would you love me the same way that I'm loving you? So this is where Abraham is at. And they finally get to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now remember, Isaac is a, a young teenager. Abraham's an old man. Now I don't know about you, but if my father was to tie me up and put me on a, a big bundle of wood and have a knife in his hand, I'm probably gonna fight back a little bit because I've seen what he does with a belt. So I know what he's going to do with the knife. <laughs> we don't see that here. There's no record of Isaac resisting or fighting. What we see is submission. Isaac has submitted to Abraham because Isaac responds to his father the way his father has responded to God the Father. He's seen Abraham submit himself to God over and over again. And he knows that's the right thing to do. So Isaac is bound and put on top of this big pile of wood in full submission, trusting that Abraham is following a God that is good 
and faithful, and whatever happens is what's going to happen, and he's trusting it. And that is way easier said than done. But that's what we see here. That's the picture here. This is a multi-generational lesson that is being taught in one moment. Verse 11 says, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham reminds believers in all generations that faith and a faithful God will stretch them to the limits of their physical, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual beings. But the stretching will serve not only to expand their capacity to know God, and in that knowing, to discover the vast potential of life lived by faith. This test was not for God to know Abraham better. God already knew Abraham to the fullest extent. He knows you to the fullest extent. He knows the most intimate part about you, the parts you want people to see and the parts you don't. He knows your heart. This is how he, he elected David as king, by his heart. The test was not for God to know Abraham better. The test was for Abraham to know God better. The test that we will encounter is not for God to know us better. It's so that we can know God better. So we can go closer to him. In my time of searching for my wife, had I known what was coming, I'd have messed that up. I'd have jumped the gun, I'd have sped time up, I'd have done something, but I was not prepared for what was coming at that time. God had a work to do in me before she got there. And so I had to wait, and I'm so glad he made me wait. But he tested me, and he tested me, and I'm sure I failed a million times, but the greatest thing about God is he'll give you another test. If you fail it, he'll give you another one and give you another one until you finally pass it. He doesn't stop pursuing you. He doesn't get tired of coming after you. He doesn't quit until he has you. And so that's the best thing about God. We grow tired, we grow weary, we grow emotional. God does not. God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's a good God, he's a loving God. Verse 13, then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, and offered him up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. So what Abraham said God would do, God did. He provided a ram for an acceptable burnt offering, and Isaac and Abraham worshiped God together. Abraham said before they started out, we're going to go up to this mountain, we're going to worship God, and we're going to come back down. And so we see here probably the first instance in human history, it's not really recorded, but I'm sure it was said, where Abraham looks at Isaac and says, do not tell your mother about this. <laughs> Some of you may have... Uh, may have received a promise from God. God told you he's going to do something for you. And maybe that came true. And now maybe God's saying, would, would you give that back to me if I asked for it? Would you love me the same way that I have loved you? What we want to do as Christians, a lot of times we'll take that one thing and we'll put it right here 
and we'll close our hand real tight and we'll stick it behind our back. And then we'll say, you have all of me, God. You can have me all. And God will sit there and go, what's, what's that behind your back? And we'll argue with them. We'll say, don't, don't worry about what's behind my back. I, I've got that taken care of, but you have all of me. And God says, I kind of want what's behind your back. What's behind your back? And we wrestle with that. We fight with that. We want to keep that for ourselves. We want God to give us control of that. Let us have control of this. You can have everything else, but just let me control this one thing. But you can have all of me. And God knows, as we all should, if we're holding back one thing, then he doesn't have all of us. And God is not satisfied with having just part of you. He wants all of you. He wants the, the best parts of you and the worst parts of you. He wants it all because he loves you deeply and immensely beyond anything we can even comprehend right now. And he's not going to stop pursuing you until you finally offer up that one thing that's in between your relationship with him. God is never going to be satisfied with anything other than first place in your life. And he's never going to stop pursuing you until you offer it up. Remember, an offering is something that is giving willfully and freely. We have to respond to God in giving him that. We can't just let him take it from us. He wants us to offer that to him. In order for that to happen, that's got to be a genuine relationship in order to be offered. Otherwise, it's him controlling you, and that's not how God works. But God loves you enough to test you, to pursue you, to challenge you so that you can know who he is. And let Abraham's example today be one that we should follow in how to take a test. Are we willing to say, here I am, before we even know what the task is? That's step one, here I am. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think about what is that one thing for you? What is that one thing you desperately want to hang on to, you want control of, you want that to be something that you maintain, something that you keep, not something that, that God has? I'm going to be real with you. Me and, me and my wife, we're trying to have children right now. and It is a struggle. She works with three other ladies that are that are pregnant in her office. The, the head of administration in my office is pregnant. And we just found out earlier this week that my sister is pregnant with a little girl. But she chose not to tell us that because she didn't want us to hurt. Because she's been there. So we had to call her and tell her, don't withhold joyful news from us. We want to rejoice in that with you. James tells us, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. That doesn't mean it feels good. That doesn't mean it's fun. That doesn't mean it won't hurt. But it is worth it. And so what me and my wife have to do day in and day out is we take that one thing that we're constantly reminded that we don't have and we give it to God. And it does hurt. But we do that because we want God to be number one in our life over anything else. And so right now, think about what is that one thing for you? What's that one thing God wants from you that you don't want to give him, but you know if you do, it's both terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. 
Can you trust God with that? There's no one else better to trust him with that one thing. Father God, thank you so much for being a great God and a glorious God and a God who never breaks his promises, a God who never stops pursuing us, and a God who never stops loving us, Lord. And we thank you for giving us everything you had so that we could have a relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that we respond in like, that we would be willing to say, here I am, and to give you everything that we have back to you. We pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.